Hey guys, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest for you. We're going to talk about making $2 from $1. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation. Plus, interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you. We're going to be talking about sales. Please help me welcome Caleb. Bye. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing outstanding, man. We get to talk about my favorite subject, which is sales. Why don't you start by giving me a little bit of information as to who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers? Yeah, no, this is this is awesome. And honestly, it's it's an honor for me to be here on the show. Abel, I think this is just phenomenal what you're doing for people. Um, I think local business and small business is the heart of America um, and the heart of the world, honestly. And so I, I love when I can to be able to talk about sales. Um, my background, um, geez, I don't, when I was, I, I've started four businesses in my lifetime. I'm 26. Um, I currently own a business and I started my first business when I was 10. Um, did a little bit different than what all my neighbors were doing. All the neighbor kids were doing lemonade stands. I was out selling glow sticks door to door. Um, and that kind of started everything for me. I, I learned that sales was phenomenal and that I wanted to hone in on those skills. Um, ever since I was 10, I've held a job in sales, uh, doing door to door, um, doing inbound, outbound calls, you, you name it. I went to Washington and wherever to do pest control and the direct TV. And I just, man, I learned that sales, there's it's such an important aspect to business and it's it's vital, honestly, if you want your Absolutely. business to be profitable and for you to um, succeed, uh, to actually make money and live off of it, sales is, is 100% yeah, one man. of those major foundations. The great thing about sales is that you can build something. You can go out and... and you can basically go out and talk to a business and just say, Hey, I'm going to, I'll sell something for you. I'll, I'll, and I'll don't, I won't do it for, for, for any pay. I'll just do it for commissions and whatever I make you guys, that's what you pay me, you know, like a certain percentage or whatever, you know, you go out there and you start making money. You can do that with anything. You can do that with carpet sales or carpet in the carpet industry, photography industry, you know, whatever that, whatever that you want to do. It's crazy how sales uh, gives you the ability to get to where you want to go. And in fact, and even in sales, if you wanted to start your own business, you could start out in sales and then understand where the market is going just by doing sales. Take that information and build your company based on that information. So you kind of have your finger on the pulse when you're doing sales because you're constantly getting that feedback from the customer. You're constantly putting that information out there. It's like, okay, so this didn't work in my sales pitch. Maybe I can pivot this way and now you know which direction the the customers are going so like if you're doing 100 calls a day and you start to feel where that market is going then you're way ahead of the person who's wanting to start a business without knowing any of that information so i'd like to know you know you've been doing this for a while obviously since what you were 10 years old we're almost in the same boat here. I've been doing it since probably since I was about 14. Uh, yep. you know, not as young as 10, which the ambition is there. I can <laughs> see, but you're, you're still young and you got a lot of ambition. I can see the passion behind it. And sales is a great way for people to get their foot in the door in a certain market. How did you get started? What is it that you're doing right now that kind of, uh, motivates you to continue this trend in sales? 
So, uh, and that's a fin- fantastic question. Um, I think it has a lot to do with kind of my, my background, where my parents come from. My dad uh, is an immigrant. He came from Peru. Um, and while he was here in America, I mean, he didn't learn. He was here when, at the age of like eight or nine, and he didn't learn English till he was about 16 years old. Um, and there wasn't a real big drive for him to do anything great in school. His parents were just kind of like, you can go to McDonald's, stay in McDonald's, There's, just do it, you know, get a job and just sustain yourself, survive, basically. Mm-hmm. So my dad did what everyone else did and was like, oh, I'll just get a business degree in college. And then he left college and was like, this is useless. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot I can do with this. Um, so trying to find his footing in the world with my small family was hard. Um, he was in the military, he was a police officer, and then he just bounced around trying different things every now and then. But he, he really tried to instill um, what he didn't have growing up in his children, um, me and my siblings. He, he would constantly sit us down and be like, like Caleb, your, your purpose in life is to impact people. Caleb, if you want to get something, you have to work hard for it and, and learn how to work efficiently. And, and we would have these talks all the time. And I, I think when I mean, when I was 10 years old and he started telling me like, Caleb, if you want to get, you know, the Pokemon cards or the Pokemon game or the scooter or whatever was going on in the neighborhood, I saw kids have, mm-hmm. if you want those things, you have to find a way to get them on your own. Cause I can't, I won't be able to get the, you those things all the time. Oh man, you're um, way ahead of the And game. so I was like, man, I just, I, this fire, he sparked something in me. And, and now the only way I can describe it is that there's this, there's this flame in me that's like, man, my, I'm, I can do so much, you know, and, and, and sales is so beautiful because you were alluding to it earlier how creative you can be in it. There's no limit. You can think that there are limits to sales, but mm-hmm. there, it's, it's something you can enter into any space. You can do any number of things and you can be incredibly successful. Yeah, man. I mean, what was a turning point? What was the turning point in your life? I mean, I would say that for many people, it's 20, 21 years old. That's mm-hmm. when the light switch hits. But damn, you're telling me that you've been doing this since you were 10. So there must have been a nightlight or something because. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It was, I, I feel like at 10, I was just barely starting to scrape the surface of what this was going to be for my life. But I didn't, and I think it's funny you say 21. I literally, I remember when I was 21, I had done sales for now over a decade. And I was thinking to myself, man, what do I want from this? You know, like, is this actually like, do I, do I love this enough that I'm going to sell, you know, the 80 year old woman on the corner of the street, you know, the pest control, does that make me happy? Do I feel fulfilled from that? Um, And I couldn't say like, I just want to throw away these sales skills that I've just developed for so long. Um, so I was like, I love sales, but I hate some of the sales aspects where you just feel like you're trying to manipulate people. So I think 21 really was my turning point, um, where I realized all these skills that I've developed have a purpose and the purpose should be to impact people and to help people in a way that's more than just, you know, when you're in a sales team, it's like, Hey, let's go and sell tons of stuff so we can go on the cruise and make tons of money. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And you have these competitions and it's like, if you didn't sell to the 80 year old, like, what are you doing? You know, it's, it's hard. It's a really weird balance. Trying to find that balance is very difficult. So I I would say about 21, it really impacted me uh, what the power of sales was and, and what it could become for my life. That's, that's why it's legal to drink at 21 because for, for men, that's when the, that's when the light switch happens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's when you snap and you're like, oh man, what am I doing with my life? And yep. then, <laughs> you know, I where do I want to go? But yeah, so it was for me at 21 also, that's when the light switch uh, happened here. 
And uh, I just changed my, I changed the trajectory of my, my life uh, at 21. I kind of just uh, bottled myself up into this ball and I, I read uh, every day and I, I, I tried to learn everything that I didn't learn before 21, you know, and it just kind of <laughs> just, you know, I was like, oh man, I didn't learn shit in, in, in school. I, I got to learn all this crap now so that I can do something with my life. So I tried to like, <laughs> like it's the, the makeup time, the, <laughs> night, the night before the test, you know, you're cramming all this information to your head. Um, so there's a lot of aspects for sales. There's a lot of different categories. There's a lot of different uh, ways in which you can utilize sales. You can teach it. You can, uh, you can go out and, and, and sell for a particular company. You can be a sales manager. Uh, what part of sales are you focused on? Oof, that's a really good question. Like right now, I think the, the part of sales that I'm focused on is getting people to understand because sale, the sales aspect is not only just being able to convince someone, it's about persuasion, right? You're trying to make them understand a particular thing. Like if you're selling a product, it's, it's so they can understand why they need to have that product or how they can utilize it in a short, concise way that they're like, oh my gosh, I can trust you. I can believe in you. I need this now, you know? Um, so utilizing sales skills, I'm trying to persuade people to realize that their potential is greater than what it, they currently think it is. Um, so I, I like working with people one-on-one. I like taking my time and I mm-hmm. like speaking with them, um, kind of to their passion. Uh, I want to dig down to their core and help them find out, oh my gosh, I do have some sort of small ambition. I want to act on that. What are the next few steps? And then that's where I want to guide them and help them and lead them. Um, so that's where it's kind of focused. Right so are now. you doing this through training? Or are you, uh, are you putting this on your podcast? Cause I know you have a podcast. What's the name of your mm-hmm. podcast? Oh yeah. My, my podcast name is success quest. So success. So, quest. Um, yeah. yeah. So are you, are you teaching people on your, on your podcast, uh, how to do these sales? And cause I, I know yeah. that there's a lot of techniques that you can use and you know, you can read every book in the, in the library and there's going to see, there's going to be something different as to how you can approach some, somebody, uh, you know, your elevator pitch, you know, the 32nd pitch you can mm-hmm. go out and, and there's, there's all kinds of ways to to build your your revenue uh what is it that you're honing in on as far as your technique oof this is this is really good uh there are so many so when you when you go in you're trying to learn sales for the first time for people who are listening right now who are like i want to focus on sales because i don't have enough of it in my business um there are so many things you're going to to read about right because you're obviously going to look to seek for the knowledge Um, my biggest thing, if you're starting off and you want to get into sales is you just got to start doing it because a lot of the experience you're going to, the experience you need is the experience going and talking with people instead of reading. Um, I think reading is very helpful, but the ability to just listen is the most important aspect of sales. And it's so funny because when you start off, you're super awkward, right? You're standing in front of someone and they're waiting for you to say something and it's like, oh, I spew everything out, kind of throw up on them and then hope that something comes out at the end. Yeah. Instead of asking really important questions that guide conversation and then listening to feedback and, and then getting those little subtle hints like, oh, they're talking about their wife or they're talking about their kids or their dogs. And you start kind of jumping from there and like, okay, we're going to steer a little bit and talk about those things and then tie that into how those things apply to what you're providing them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the strongest sales technique that you can gain is the 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 strength to listen. Um, cause there's a patience and it is hard to do sometimes and it's hard to sit in awkward silence. Um, but when you do mm-hmm. powerful things happen, man, I, I'm a, I, that is something I've seen time and time again. Um, when you just sit there in silence and you just, you're just like, you know, like yeah, you just wait, yeah. you wait yeah. for ho- moments to happen and golden moments happen. It's fantastic. I mean, I've been in sales for a long time and I've been doing it forever. I've started many of my businesses on sales alone where I would contact a business and I would just offer my, my ability to sell their product to start generating some income. And one of the things, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're a photography videography company. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the ways that I, I've taught other photographers is there's a way that you can go through a lot of people, like a shit ton of people in a short period of time, because you know, whenever you're selling, it can be long winded. And if you need to go through a lot yes. of people, it can take a lot of time. So the, the best technique for me is that I'm like, Hey, my name is Abel Garza. I'm with Graybug photography. Are you the person that makes the decision to, to do photography in your business? You know, whatever. And if not, can you give me their information so I can send you some free information? So I'm, I'm just repeating that over and over again. And of course, you know, you're kind of, uh, um, you learn to tweak it over yeah, time. You're, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're tweaking your, your script a little bit, depending on how you're going to approach it. And then, Oh, as soon as you send out that information, then you can follow up with them. Now you have their information and now you're doing this consistently and you're going through a lot of people in a very short period of time. Is that one way that you've done your business is, is that a way that you've been able to build uh, some revenue through your business? So I, and it's funny because when every time I've ever been on a team when I was younger, so like from 13 to 18, I was a part of a, a ton of different sales teams um, and, and they always sit down with you and they're like, okay, first thing we're going to do is we're going to write out your script and what you're going to be saying and the things you need to focus on and you guys are going to write your own, right? And you, then you just practice that and you say that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and call centers, when you have to speak to 150 people a day, I mean, like you really are just cranking that sucker out all the time. Yeah. And it's funny because I have, I've had those experiences. I've also had an experience. Um, this was when I was 18. Um, this call center, they wanted us to be, we were on like a special team. Um, where they wanted our phone calls to last full, almost four hours of phone call. And it was the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I have yeah. ever had to do because it's just, con- it's consistent upsell. That's all it is. You, you will not let the customer go, get off the line. They're interested in one thing at the end of the call, you've sold them four or five things. And it's just, you are talking their ears off. And it's just finding the balance between the two. You don't want it to take forever, but you do want to learn how to be concise. Mm-hmm. It's so important to show people that you're respectful of their time. And people respond to that very, very positively. When you go to the door and you're like very professional, like, hey, I'm Caleb Vi, I'm with such and such. And I'm actually here because I, I, I have something available. I want to offer you. Are you the king of the house? I've heard all these different phrases, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just be short, concise, ask small questions and, and get right in there. Get your foot in the door. That's Man, powerful. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned the whole um, <laughs> sales calls and stuff because I used to do that at your age. At 18, I remember I was working with West Teller Marketing and it was always about the making sure that you're addressing their concerns and rebuttaling them and doing all the things that <laughs> that you would do in sales. In fact, that was probably a really good learning experience for me because it got me to the point where I was able to communicate 
with people efficiently and effectively so that if I needed to sell something, I could address their concerns. Like, you know, most of the times it was too expensive. Like, so if I can make this affordable for you, would this be something that you'd want? You know, or if I can make this to where I can show value, would you follow through? Would you, would you be okay with that? And most of the time people would be like, yeah, I mean, if you can make it to where there's value in it, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know? Yep. So. Yeah. And it's funny because you, you bring that up, right? When you're talking to someone in sales, um, all you're going to hear so many things when you're, when you're starting up sales and you're going to hear so many things from people who are trying to teach people how to sell. Um, in my experience, my personal experience, when someone comes up and, and they're saying things like, I just can't afford it right now. Or I need to talk to my wife. These are very superficial responses, right? Mm -hmm. They're just, these are almost the, the reflexes to how to get a salesperson off your door or off the line. Um, and, and you really have to realize that sales is just about failure <laughs> oh, yeah. constantly. Like people are just going to tell you no and no and no all the time. And your job is to be able to listen to what's really going on and really dig deep. Like, oh my gosh, sir, I didn't know that um, this was a little bit uh, too expensive for you. What, what can we do here? Or what, what are some things that you're um, looking for that maybe we can take out of this deal or whatever's going on? Um, you have to be very flexible when it comes to sales because and the flexibility allows you to to realize at the core what their true rebuttal is, what their mm -hmm. true like purpose for rejecting it is. Because most of the time it isn't actually, it doesn't have anything to do with money. Most mm -hmm. of the time it doesn't actually have anything to do with talking with the wife. It usually just boils down to, I don't know this product well enough. I don't you know you well enough, yeah. you know? And, and, and so you break down those walls one by one and you realize that, hey, at the, at the beginning, he was saying he didn't have enough money. And now he says he have, has enough money. Like, wait a second. <laughs> Especially over the wait phone, man. You know, I mean, like nowadays is different because, you know, you have internet, you have pictures, you have video, you have everything to corroborate your product. But man, on the phone, you got to describe Oof. that thing. You got to talk about it. You got to you got to describe it in a way that's like, holy cow. Yes, I definitely want this. You know, <laughs> I, I can't believe I have been going out. I mean, my whole life without this product. And then, oh, yes, I'll send you those pans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Over the phone is just a different monster, man. It's so it, you really just learn patience and you really learn how to communicate very well and just have a lot of energy behind like when you talk. Yeah. Um, when, when you learn that a smile, like when you're smiling and you're talking to someone, like they can see that. Like if you cl closed your eyes, you could tell when I was smiling when I spoke, yeah. you know? That's funny. And it's just there's a lot of little subtle things like that that'll change how you sell yeah. um, over the phone. Well, that's one of the main things of, you know, selling on, on the phone is just smile or at least pretend to smile. Even though uh, it works, it, it feels horrible, right? You're like, <laughs> oh, I can't smile the whole entire time, but um, it works, man. What do you, <laughs> it's crazy. It does. What do you see some of the challenges that people face when they're going into sales? Biggest thing, and, and this is one. okay, so when I talk about small business, I love talking about small business. Why is small business the thing that fails the most every year, you know, they, the, the statistics are like, um, one in five businesses fail or like 95% of businesses fail within the first five years or something crazy like that. I don't know what the stats are right now, but it's crazy. And the majority of the reason why it's like that is because people don't want to accept the fact that sales is a vital aspect and they don't know how to handle sell, sales mentally. Mm -hmm. it, the biggest challenge is just being able to mentally fortify yourself for um, 
the trial that is sales. <laughs> mm-hmm. It kind of sucks, man. Like a hundred percent of the time. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, roses and daisies. Um, you're going to mm-hmm. knock a uh, hundred doors before you find one person, to buy, you know, sometimes, and yeah. you're going to call a hundred people sometimes before you have one person who buys. And that's, that's the reality sometimes. And you have to be ready for those moments. Well, it's funny that you mentioned 100 people because that's almost the sample that you need to start your business. And, you know, when you're doing sales, yes, you can get a good picture of the market. You understand, uh, you know, where it's going and you have your finger on the pulse. I had a friend come to me one time and he's like, hey, dude, I'm going to start a carpet cleaning business. And, uh, you know, it's $50,000 to get in. It comes with the equipment. It comes with the van. What do you think? And I said, well, how are you going to do that if everybody in your neighborhood has hardwood floors? It was like, oh, shit, I didn't Boom. think about that. It was like, well, you know, that might be something you might want to look into. You know, what, what is your next step? Well, maybe I can call the manufacturing, the home manufacturing building uh, people that that uh, they, they are they putting in hardwood floors or are they putting in carpet? Maybe you need to invest in hardwood floors. So the viability of a business can be mitigated not just through sales, but also through research and finding out whether or not that's even a viable option. You never know unless you research it, unless you, uh, you know, research your market or find out whether or not you're, you need to find out what your strengths are, your competition, whether or not you're going to even be able to get into the business. Do you even freaking know how to c- clean a carpet? You know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm about to buy this stuff, but can I use it? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, some of those things that you, you, you know, like you said, uh, the viability of a business and its failure can be mitigated somehow just by doing some simple research, 100 people sample, just calling people, hey, what kind of carpet do you have? I don't have any carpet. I have hardwood floors, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whether or not you're going to be doing commercial, residential, what is it that you're going to do? So once you've honed in on that certain area that you're going to target, then your likeliness for success is much better than if you were just to pay the $50,000, buy the carpet, and then start making the sales. I would say that that, the sales are great. You definitely have to be in sales. You have to know how to do it because sales is what's generating the revenue. But in order to mitigate that, that, uh, that failure or try to obviate it anyways, is do the research, know the market, find out whether or not you have any kind of strengths in the market, what weaknesses you have. Like, do you know how to fucking clean a carpet, you know, (laughs) and, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, just all these things that, that need to be asked and answered before you even put up that money. And there's a lot of businesses out there that you can do that you don't need to start up with a lot of money. There's a lot of businesses out there that you can do that uh, require very little capital. But if you're going to invest money, if you're going to take your very own money and put it down, you better damn well make sure that what you're putting down is going to be viable. In in yep. business, it's never a guarantee, just like now. I mean, look at what happened. We were just about to kick off second our second phase of the business and then er, halted. Yep. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, I, I heard the screeching halt of, of this second phase that we're, uh, of our business. And then all of a sudden, our photography business is right now at zero because obviously, we're not taking on any new clients. They keep calling and, and wow. I'm just like, well... You know, we're looking at late May, early June, you know, before we start taking any kind of customers and that's just playing it safe. So we don't know where this is going to go, how small business is going to even be affected. And, and right now, 
it doesn't matter what kind of market analysis you're doing or what kind of quick look you're doing. It's it's not even viable right now because right now business is just dead, dead. Yeah, this is such a unique time, man. I've never seen anything. I talk with my business buddies all the time and we're like, what are you doing to be creative? And right now, you know, because yeah. th- this is just a hardship that we're facing with um, COVID-19. I mean, this is, um, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like this in my lifetime. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way and they're just like, so how are you coping with it? Since we're talking about COVID, let's minus, yeah. might as well talk about it. You know, uh, how are, how are you dealing with COVID right now with, as far as your business? So I'm actually one of the very fortunate few. I mean, podcasting obviously is fantastic. It's phenomenal. You can do it from home. Everyone wants to be home anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have, um, this thing on the side where I'm doing a mentorship at, um, this mental institution. They're called the Arise Society here in Utah. Um, and I mean, we didn't have a plan for how we were going to do things working from home. Um, but it was actually pretty simple to learn like, oh my gosh, wait, we can just, you know, video chat. Okay, let's do that. Or we can have calls and we can have texts. Um, and we ran it through our our CEO and he was like, this is a phenomenal plan. Um, I built it up with, um, the program director and, um, now we have a lot of uh, people who are high risk working from home uh, as mentors and it's, it's fantastic. I just think technology makes things a little bit easier. It's made it a little bit easier for us. Um, I know that there are a lot of other businesses though that really need people to be physically there or with a lot of other people. Um, and I just can't even imagine how they're handling it right now. Obviously, I mean, I think I read on the, new, on the news today, I think it was that we've lost 10 million jobs in the last two weeks. I know weeks. that 6.6 million people have just applied for unemployment is, is an wow. unemployment is what they've applied. 6.6 that million blows people. my mind, man. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, <sighs> I've never lived through anything like this and I'm hoping that it, it and you know what, honestly, I think it's just going to change the way we do business forever. Like yeah. from now on, and I think I heard, uh, uh, I want to say the governor of, of New York, uh, and he was talking about it and he, he's like, it's never going to be the same. And I'm like, yep. I mean, that's the only time I agree with them, but still it's like, <laughs> it, I was like, holy crap, you're right. You know, it, it's never going to be the same. People are going to be whatever it is, you know, washing their hands more frequently, you know, not touching their face. Those are all positive. But as far as like business is concerned, there's always going to be this like, oh my God, you know, he's good, he's too close to me and, you know, I'm not going to shake his hands anymore. And there's just this whole culture that has completely revise the way we do this and and, you know in business it's so important to be you know friendly and and up close and shaking hands and and now it just seems so distant and i don't know man i I, when i one of the things that we talked about in the arise society because a big portion of where we generate revenue is where we find students um, and we find these students by going to big conferences and, and conventions across the nation uh, where we can talk with these parents and we can talk with these um, ed consultants that are working with the parents and all of those shut down. I mean, like no one's having any conventions anymore. No one's having events anymore and meetups and that, that affects business big time. I mean, the networking between businesses has been affected drastically. Um, and I feel like that is a huge part of what makes business successful is the connections that you make and, and the things that you can offer people in return for their the value they can bring toward your business as well. Yeah. Um, so that's just one of those things. And, and I tell people, uh, I, I think this is actually a good, I don't think COVID-19 is a good thing, right? But I think the mentality we have when we're sitting at home and we say, what can we do now? I think that's good because for business in general, at any time, 
regardless of COVID-19, the important thing about business is having a mentality of adaptation mm-hmm. with, with everything. Society changes drastically every five years. It's, it's mind blowing sometimes how technology advances, how people are in more communication, which I can't even fathom more communication. We're, we're able to communicate even more often than we were in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just mind blowing and businesses fail and fall behind because they're not learning to adapt to the new changes. And so we're sitting at home now because of this, this crazy um, epidemic that's happening in the world. um, And people are getting creative, you know, their creative juices are starting to stir up. And I think that can be powerful because you're right. I don't think anything's going to be the same as it was ever again. And people are going to find something new right now. That's going to just, it's going to, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) I'm excited. I want to be that person. Well, you know, you're going to pivot and you're going to be, you need to be flexible. If you want to make money now, uh, you you have to think of ways to make money. And uh, this is probably going to be like the baby boom for, for podcasts because everybody's home. They're being creative. You're like, how can I make money from home? So I guess as long as Amazon keeps delivering, then I guess you can get your microphones and your software and everything that yep. you need to do your podcast. But it's going to be it's going to be crazy because this is what I predict, I, and this is just my prediction. Since we've cut off from the rest of the world, we still have to manufacture, we still have to get supplies, we still have to get everything, and we are going to start manufacturing a lot of this stuff. And you can see it already. You know, a lot of these companies that are manufacturing cars and doing other things, they're getting into other parts of the manufacturing manufacturing business. And it's not to say that they might not continue. I mean, you might see a General Motors uh, hand sanitizer. I don't know. I know Tito's is doing it, <laughs> you know, or, or General Motors uh, uh, ventilator. And so mm-hmm. there's there's all kinds of things that we as Americans, as manufacturers are going to start to manufacture here in the United States. And I want to say that that's the direction we're going because we can't get anything from China. We can't get anything anywhere else. So we are going to have to evolve. We're going to have to pivot and, and, and work that way. So I think in the long run, we're going to be better off because a lot of the manufacturers here in the United States are going to hire more people. And then later on, we're going to start building this economy based on just this tragedy. You know, this this yep. crazy time that we're living in to where we cut off from the rest of the world and we're almost... Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say like a, a just a, an island now. You know, we're not even we're not even <laughs> dealing with with Europe anymore. You know, as far as mm-hmm. uh, that is concerned. But uh, I don't know. That's my prediction. But we'll see. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. And I honestly think that's for the better. Honestly, for the economy, is that we we learn to start manufacturing on our, on our own. Um, everything done in American soil is going to be better for us mm-hmm. um, in the long run. And I think more than physically because COVID-19 is obviously affecting the world physically on some sort of physical level. People are, are obviously very scared of what it can do to them. Um, but on a mental level, like let's say we figure out a vaccine. Let's say we fix that. We, we're safe from COVID-19 now and it's just some sort of yearly uh, vaccine that we have to get just like the flu. Um, mentally though, even if we figure that out within a year, we will be affected for the next seven, 10 years yeah. because of this moment you know this is it's phenomenal what something like this can do and how it can affect the human mind for a decade um and i tell people um i've been talking with some friends of mine actually about this they're like when is everything going to go back to normal i was like it can't it just it just can't um because people are going to be thinking about this for the long haul 
and they're going to adapt and they're going to evolve because that's what humans do best. Yeah. Um, they, they take these opportunities and they, they pivot, just like you said. Yeah. And I think 10 years from now, we're going to see a totally different economy than what we're dealing with, um, what we were dealing with maybe a year ago, three yeah. months ago. <laughs> Man, we, we're living in crazy times right now. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep. Well, man, uh, we're getting close to the end of the podcast, but I'd like to know, is there some rules that you live by, some wisdom you can pass down? Yes. So my biggest thing that I push for people when I try to instill in them some sort of spark or that similar flame that I felt my whole life, that ambition, and especially for people who are young entrepreneurs, right? They're trying to start a small business or they want to. The, the biggest piece of advice I can, I can give you guys um, listening um, is that pure positivity will fuel your ambition and it will fuel miracles. Um, and when I say pure positivity, I, I believe that you can be overly positive because and when you become overly positive, you start becoming ignorant to the negative. That's the problem with positivity. It's so vital to be optimistic, but when you become too optimistic, then you start losing sight of the bad things that are happening and then you become ignorant and that's mm -hmm. not beneficial for you at all. But pure positivity is being able to see and be optimistic as much as you possibly can while also acknowledging that these these bad things or these negative things affecting you are are for your benefit mm -hmm. uh, and that's the biggest difference when 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 something pushes you and you fall over not looking at that fall as a failure looking at it as a stepping stone for you in your life Absolutely. um so pure positivity get get some so the glass <laughs> the glass is half full with vodka you know, and so, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how can, how can our listeners get a hold of you? So, uh, my biggest thing, I, I love Instagram. I love LinkedIn. Um, if you guys want to check out my podcast, you guys can, it's called success quest, no space in the, in between the success and the quest. So just success quest where you can find us on any podcast podcasting site or whatever. But I, I would love it if people could connect with me on Instagram. That's my favorite thing to do. I want to help people now, especially those people around my age who are trying to start small business or trying to find out what their ambition is in life. If they just need a guide, I, I want to be that guide, that friend, that mentor for them. Um, so Instagram at Caleb ITE. Um, so Caleb bite. <laughs> my dad used to call me that growing <laughs> up. So that's why it's like that. Um, but sure. at Caleb bite, go find me on Instagram, DM me and let's talk. Awesome. And you guys can tell me like, hey, I really enjoyed that, that podcast you did with Abel. Um, and, I, and I'll just respond. We can talk and we can start a conversation. You can throw your ideas my way. And I can tell you like, man, this is where sales can fit into that. This is where marketing can fit into this. This is where you branding yourself can fit into your business and how you can grow and find these foundations. Um, and I, I love doing that. I love talking with people. Um, and LinkedIn, you guys can just look for me, Caleb Valle. It's He'll show it somehow in the yeah. in the show notes, you know, <laughs> podcasting. That's the best part, right? All of that right. stuff after, after yep. the fact. Absolutely. Well, there you go, guys. Caleb, Vaya. you're an inspiration to me and our listeners. And I'm so glad to have had you on the show today. Thank you, man. No, this has been an honor for me. I think, Abel, you're, you're doing something great here. It's so important that we're focusing on small business. And so you keep it up, man. I, I, I appreciate you. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. All right, guys, uh, everything is going to be in the show notes. Please check those out. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Check out the creativeentrepreneur.net for more information. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? 
click on the subscribe button, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.